Welcome to Mosaic Church, and thank you for joining us here online. To prepare for today's message, we encourage you to utilize the Mosaic Cincinnati app. There, you can view the message notes, put in prayer requests, and so much more. Enjoy the message. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Remember that week? We talked about how Jesus is fully God and fully man when he was here on earth. And, and part of the man side of Jesus shows us that he grew like we do, that he grew just like you and I do. The Bible even says that he was tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. But we, we know that we all grow physically, and to a certain degree, that's automatic. You know, some guys, they really start pumping the iron, and they, they take the whole, like, like, physical growth to a whole nother level, right? I'm not one of those guys. I was, I was blessed with small guy genes. You know what I mean? Small guy genes. My, my grandpa, my mom's dad, was even shorter than me. And so, um, if you see my dad and wonder what happened to Joe, my grandpa happened to me, right? And so, but, but, but some people grow more than others, and, and, and to a degree, that's automatic. But there's a type of growth in your life and in my life that is not automatic. We all reach a point where we only grow so much by osmosis, by our environment, through uh, you know, the time we spent in our, in our home and, and so on and so forth. We have to pick up the baton and run ourselves at some point. We have to begin to learn and grow for ourselves. And in my opinion, and this is what it all boils down today to, is that growth is one of the greatest gifts and tests that God gives us. It's the greatest gift, and it can be the greatest test. Will I grow? The fact remains that I can grow. We all can grow. You know, you might say, well, Joe, you, know, you can't teach this old dog new tricks. And I would just beg to differ in God's economy we all can grow. At any point in our lives, we can grow. But will I? Will I? Kind of the anchor um, verse of this series was about, you know, look, the virgin will conceive and, and, and Jesus will come and, and through, through Mary and he'll be God with us, right? That prophecy in Isaiah. And we've kind of paraphrased it in our vernacular and kind of applied it to our lives and we've said, listen up. Something impossible is going to happen in your life and your future will look completely different than your past, right? That's the good news, that Jesus can take our broken life and make something new out of it. And our future can be different. Now that doesn't only happen on the day that you receive salvation. On that day, man, you become a new creation and, and the Bible says all things are new. But that's also the beginning the start of a growth journey. And Jesus intends for you and I as believers that, that are putting him first, he intends for us to keep growing every day the rest of our lives. What did it look like for Jesus? Luke 2, 39 through 40. In just a few short verses, it talks twice about Jesus growing. And so the first time in verse 39, it says, when Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law, the, Lord, the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. 
And then in Luke 2, 51 through 52, it says, then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, which that just blows my mind, right? That Jesus had to be obedient to his parents just like the rest of us, right? And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. And so we see right there in those couple passages, a lot of different ways Jesus grew, grew. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. Remember, that's one that, you know, is only going to last to a certain age. And then we start shrinking. Can I get an amen? He grew in favor with God and he grew in favor with people. What an amazing outline for your life and mine. That we would all be, always be growing in wisdom. That we would always, maybe we could say, keep our bodies healthy. That we could be growing in favor with God in our relationship with him and growing in favor with other people. And so this is the bottom line today. I can grow. My good friend, uh, Melissa Funk, I don't know if she's in here or with the kids today. I saw her earlier. Are you in here, Melissa? Okay. She loves a good acrostic, right? So just, you know, something about Celebrate Recovery, and, and I know she's a big fan of Rick Warren, and, and, and man, he, that, that dude is just good for the acrostics all day long. Well, today, Melissa, we're going to have two acrostics in this message, and it's going to be awesome. But hey, our first one is based on the word grow, and so, man, I just want you to fill these blanks in, because it's one thing to say I need to grow. It's another thing to say, what in the world does that look like, Right? What does that look like? Because if there's, if there's one thing I think that every believer encounters, it's like, okay, Jesus forgave me. He saved me. He's given me a new life. Now what? <laughs> right? Now what? What do I do? How do I read the Bible? How do I pray? What do I, what do, I do with all this information? And so hopefully these, these, these two acrostics that we're going to talk about today are going to give you some really clear handles on how to grow and what it looks like to serve in God's kingdom. And so... The G in the word grow, it's gonna stand for gain knowledge. Let's fill that in, gain knowledge. To gain knowledge. This is the initial input. This is where many people stop. They base their life and their growth based on what they know. But so much is wasted when we only do this. Did you know that you know, for Hebrew boys like Jesus, it was very normal for them to attempt to memorize the entire Torah, which is the first five books of, of our Bible that we hold today, by the time they were 12 years old, right? You know, for, for me and my family, it's like, man, I, I don't know about that, but my kids have, have memorized a lot of the maps on Fortnite, right? <laughs> you know, but, but no, they're, they're memorizing the first five books of the Bible, and, and so they're inputting a lot of knowledge into their life, and they're gaining knowledge. But we know that knowledge isn't enough, and so this is just the first step, and, and we need to continually be gaining knowledge throughout our life. The second, the second letter is the R, and it stands for to restate it in your own words. And another way that we could say this is we gotta own the knowledge that we've received, because sometimes we hear it and we know it, but we don't really understand it. And when you restate it in your own words, many times it goes from your head to your heart. The magic of this is just having a pen and a, a piece of paper or a journal and writing down what God is speaking to you in a way that you understand. It's making you do some mental gymnastics and, and figure out, you know, what does this mean? What does this mean? 
And how can you say it in your own words, in your heart language? And so to restate it in our own words, we're journaling, we're unpacking it, we're thinking about it, we're meditating on it like we're told to in the Psalms. We're talking it out with others. We're, we're, we're restating the truths that we're learning from God's word in our own words. The next thing that we do to grow is the O, it stands for we need to order our steps. Now we know that in a man's heart, he plans his steps, but, but the Lord ultimately plans our steps. But man, we've gotta be intentional about our days and our minutes and our hours. The Bible is full of instructions about being good stewards. We're stewards. God gives us moments, he gives us time and talent and resources, but we have to choose where the hours and the minutes and the efforts are gonna go, right? And so the next step in growing is to order our steps. Another way to say this is organize your life. Organize your life. Where's your time going? Where's your work going? This, ha- this, this, this step of ordering our life, of organizing our life, has to be a habit if it's gonna make a difference. It's not something that we just do in the new year. It's something we do every day. Many successful people do it the night before. The night before, they're putting some notes down about what are you gonna do tomorrow? Listen, if it's not on the calendar, whatever that looks like for you, it's probably not that important and it probably won't get done. Put the most important things on the calendar. Order your life. Decide when you're gonna do it and Commit to it. And so we're gaining knowledge, we're restating it in our own words, these things that we're learning from God's word, we're putting them on the calendar, when am I gonna do them? And then last but most important is the W it stands for walk it out. You gotta just do it. Knowledge gained that isn't applied might make you feel good, but it can be wasted. It can be wasted. The favor of God and the favor with people comes when you put into practice what you know to be wise. That's when the favor comes. Wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. Man, I'm a pro at this. I'm a pro at knowing a lot of useless things or very useful things, but not putting them into practice. Is anybody else with me? But it's the last step of growth. I really don't complete the growth cycle until I put it into practice. And this is a lifelong journey, constantly putting into practice new wisdom that we find. But too many of us, and I hope that that you feel a little bit of the tension in your life today, too many of us get to a certain point and then we want to coast. Maybe a few years ago, you read the whole Bible through in one year and man, you were on a roll. But since then, you've just been living off the leftovers. Maybe, maybe a, a last year at some point you had a, an experience with God at a, in a service or at a conference or in your personal devotions, but ever since then you've just been living on fumes. Too much of the time, church and, and believer, we get to a certain point and then we just start coasting. We start coasting. But that is not what Jesus has for you and for me. It's not. In John 10, 10, Jesus came and said something powerful, and I'm gonna read it in the NIV because I like it, uh, you know, in that translation. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come, this is Jesus talking about himself, that you may have life and life and have it to the full. Another translation says life abundantly. 
overflowing, a great life, life with purpose and meaning, right? Life investing in things that last for eternity. We know that Jesus wasn't thinking about our version of life because when we say that's the life, what are we thinking about? We're thinking about sitting on a beach somewhere, um, you know, some sort of drink in our hand, the waves are hitting the sand, we've got not a care in the life, the kids are not there, you know, no one's bugging us with questions. You know, it's in those moments that a lot of times we say, that's the life. But that's not what we're talking about, and that's not what Jesus was talking about either. How do we know this? Because in another verse where he talked about thieves and, and people wanting to steal your life, he said, don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. So when Jesus says you're going to have life and life to the full, he's not talking about, man, you're going to have this amazing life with the perfect house and the perfect car and the perfect, you know, circumstances and everything's just going to be perfect and it's going to be Instagram worthy. No. He's saying you have the life that he wants you to have when you store up your treasures in heaven and your eyes and your focus and the order of your life is centered around Jesus. It's not about material things. It's bigger than that. Matthew 20, 26 through 28, Jesus reframes it again because, and why, are we, why am I sharing these verses? Because when we say, I wanna grow, we need to be specific about how. It's not just some random personal growth journey. It's not just, ooh, I'm becoming a better me. <laughs> I've had enough of me. If I could have fixed me, I would have done it a long time ago. Come on, somebody. I've had enough of me. I need more. And so Jesus said, he's come so that we could have life. He's life. And then in Matthew 20, 26 through 28, he reframes it again. He says, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be, become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus, over and over and over, he reframes life. He turns it upside down. He turns up everything that we thought was life and everything we thought was important and the power structures and the, the, the financial structures and the, the, the pursuits that we chase. He turns it upside down. Because when he said life, it probably didn't mean what we thought. And when he said, you know, treasures, probably didn't mean what we thought. And when he says, you want to be a leader? Guess what? It didn't mean what we thought. He had a different idea in mind. And so... Come back to the question, I can grow, but will I grow, and how do I grow? Well, if we look to scripture, we know that we need to grow in the kind of life Jesus is talking about, and we need to grow in the ways that Jesus wanted us to grow, which means we need to be serving, we need to be investing, we need to be loving like Jesus loved. And so growth happens by learning and doing. Learning and doing. And so we're gonna talk about some, some ways that we don't just learn, but we do. We apply. I've already, I've already given you a, a construct on how to grow. 
And so now let's, let's talk about some very specific areas in our life where we need to grow today. And this isn't just about learning new stuff. This is about things that we do. Can you imagine learning to play baseball without ever swinging a bat, picking up a ball, or putting on a glove? You'd look pretty funny. That would be a great viral YouTube video, right? For you to spend 10,000 hours learning about baseball but never actually doing it, and then let's, let's see and watch you try, right? It doesn't work like that. It's 10,000 swings, it's 10,000 throws, it's 10,000 runs around the base, it's, it's 10,000 defensive plays, and it's, it's all about the doing. And so what do we do to serve? What do we do to grow? What are the habits that we need to implement in our life? What do we need to do over and over and over and over and over that is really gonna help us grow to be the men and women that God is calling us to be? And so our second acronym for today, it's the SERVE acronym. This acronym you know, originally comes from a book by Ken Blanchard called The Secret, What Great Leaders Know and Do. Since then, it's been repurposed in all kinds of different environments. But I love it because it takes the purpose that Jesus gave us, serve, and it gives really good feet to what does that look like? To live a life of service as a leader, as a person, as a follower of Christ, what does it look like? And so number one, the first thing we need to do is we need to see the future. We need to see the future. This is something we practice through our thinking life, through our prayer life, through our uh, reading God's word life. We need to see the future. Isaiah 43, 19 says, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Man, what a question from God for you and for me. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. God's doing something new. And we need to be able to see it. And that doesn't always mean that we're gonna do things a new way, but it means that God is always doing something new in your life and in the lives of the people around you. And so we need to be relentless with why. People who see the future, people that, 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 um, that understand the future, they, it's not just some like they're seeing visions about things all the time. No, they see that what they're doing is gonna have an impact in the future. They know the why behind the what, that when I'm, I'm greeting at the door or when I'm, 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 I'm serving babies in the nursery or when I'm mentoring elementary students or, or youth students or when I'm um, you know, doing the tech in the sound booth or when I'm leading a small group or, or, when I'm, or when I'm just showing up and I'm being a vital, engaged member of the body of Christ, I know why. I know that the investments that I'm making are going to have dividends in the future that are not temporal, that are not material, that are not you know, maybe always seen on, on this side of heaven. But I'm investing my life in the future. I know the why behind the what. I know how my part fits into the whole. I understand that this Christianity thing and serving Jesus thing is not an individual sport. It's not a competition. It's team all the way, and it's called the body of Christ. I'm not looking through my individual lens. I'm looking through the lens of the body of Christ. I know why we are doing this, why it matters to come to church, and why it matters to be a part of this fellowship. I see the future. Because when we do come together and when we do lift up Jesus as like that song that we sang this morning that it's all about him and when we put the focus on him and we, we want to be like him and we, and we pull our resources and we create a place where people can meet Jesus, we see the future and we know that if we plant the seeds, 
God is gonna water it and God is gonna make it grow and lives are gonna be changed and heaven is gonna be more full because of your investment in the kingdom. And that it's not just the pastor's job and it's not just those, those few volunteers that make everything happen. No, it's our job collectively to see the future and know that what we're doing here matters in eternity. This is something that you need to practice daily in your devotions. You're thinking about how is what I'm gonna do today going to matter in eternity? Leaders see the future. The second thing that we need to get really good at, we need to engage and develop others. We need to engage and develop others. Colossians 1.28, Paul said, so we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us, we wanna present them to God perfect in their relationship with Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. I love Paul. He sets the standard so high. He says, I want to present them to God perfect in the relationship with Christ. Now, we know that you know, their relationship with Christ was not necessarily Paul's responsibility. The Bible is clear that we're all going to give an account of our own lives to God. But I love the fact that Paul had this tension in his life that he knew that if he didn't do his job right, and if he didn't live out the example of Christ in other people's, you know, you know, in other people's life, that, man, somebody might not fulfill their potential. And so he took on this responsibility that I'm not just doing this life alone, I'm engaging and developing others in the kingdom of God. He had this 360 degree perspective that it, you know, it wasn't just about him, God was pouring into him and he was pouring into others and he was raising up people that he's mentoring in his life. How are you engaging and developing others? How are you doing it? How are you being developed? Whether it's in person or through books or through podcasts or conversations that you're having with people, it's all about talking and then doing and talking and doing and and there's this conversations in your life that are happening that are sharpening you, that are helping you grow. Are you constantly improving the processes of your life? Developing others means to mentor them, to help them grow in their character and their competency and their, and their you know, relationships with other people. Biblically, this is called discipleship. And it's what we do. It's what we do. And if you wanna serve the way that Jesus is calling us to serve, it needs to be a habit in your life that you're engaging and developing others. This takes time, lots of it. Lots of time. So this is not gonna work if it's just a like once every once in a while kind of habit in your life. No, it takes time. It takes patience and it takes a ton of humility and teachability. You can't easy bake oven your spiritual maturity. Somebody brought up that easy bake oven the other day and uh, it was just, you know, because Christmas and you get these things and it's like, and um, you know, whoever thought it was a good idea to give a little kid like a hot thing that you're gonna get burned with. I don't don't know, I don't get it. But it's a good mental picture that you can't easy bake oven and just play with your spiritual maturity. And so we need to be engaging and developing others, which means that somebody's developing you 
and you are giving away what you've been given, it's important. Too many people don't see themselves as leaders. Too many people don't have anything to give or to offer. Too many aren't teachable and willing to learn. So have something to offer. Have something to offer. You might say, Joe, how, where, where am I gonna get something to offer? Get in God's word. Talk it over with somebody. Before you know it, you're gonna realize that you have something to give. Number three, the R in the acronym for serve, it stands for reinvent continually. Reinvent continually. In Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. I love it. It was this continual process. And, and just the simple application of this for you and for me today is that if Jesus grew, I need to grow. If Jesus grew, I need to grow. If there are ways that, that Jesus grew, then that means I need to be asking myself, how can I be better? How can I keep the tension in my life? How, you know, I, I love the example of a rubber band because a rubber band is just completely useless, useless if there's no tension on it, right? It's useless. It's not fulfilling its purpose. And too many times we treat our lives like a, a rubber band with no tension. It's just there. But the purpose only comes when you pull it a little bit, when you stretch it a little bit. If you, if you pull it too much, it's gonna break. If you, if you don't pull it at all, it's gonna not be serving its purpose. And so where do you need to grow? When there's no tension, you for sure are not fulfilling your purpose. And so you need to always be asking yourselves these questions. How can I do my life better? How can I improve things? Now, don't get a complex that nothing is never good enough, right? You perfectionists just need to take this one with a little grain of salt, right? But at the same time, you can't lose the tension. Can't lose the tension. How can we do things better? How can our ministries be more effective? How can we empower people to a greater degree? How can we just help the body of Christ, starting with our personal lives, function at a higher level? This is what we do. We reinvent continually. Number four, the V stands for value, relationships, and results. I love in Ephesians chapter four, at first it talks about the relationships. It says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Doesn't that sound great? It's just like this kumbaya moment. It's like, we're all together. Yes, this is awesome, right? And then later on in, in verse 11, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to, and underline this part, do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And so right in there in that short passage, we see that, man, our relationships have to be rock solid. They're important. We need to honor each other and love each other and, 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 and be with each other. And then we've got a job to do. And we need to be developing ourselves and equipping and, 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 and learning how to do that job better because it's God's work and we're the body of Christ and we have a purpose. And so we've got to value relationships and results. There is nothing more exciting in the entire world than being on a ministry team with people that you love. Why? Because the Church of Jesus Christ is not a social club. We're on a mission. 
And we have a job to do. We have a world that we need to win for Jesus Christ. And so we have to value the relationships in our life. And those relationships need to be on mission. Amen? We're making a difference together. The joy of being together adds to the joy of doing the work, which translates into an enhanced enthusiasm for your relationship with Jesus, passion and drive. You wonder why there's no passion or drive in your relationship with Christ? It's because you're doing it alone. You need to get some people together, and you need to value the relationships, and then do the work together. One time, we were doing an addition onto our house, and um, and we had an amazing house that we had bought that, kind of a funny story, when we bought the house, it had zero bedrooms. Um, and so I'll explain <laughs> the rest later. But, and so, you know, it was this cabin type of house on six acres, and it had a creek running through the property, and it was out in the middle of nowhere, and it was just a dream. But obviously, we had to do some things for this to be livable for our family with three kids, because there were no bedrooms. And so we're doing all this work, and we, 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 we had this garage that we were going to attach to the house and turn it into a, a big, huge living room. And so the inspector told us that we had to dig all the way around and pour footers, footings under the gr- existing garage, because it was just on a slab. And I was like, is that even possible? And he's like, I've seen it done. And so I'm like, okay. So I call an excavator friend. He digs, digs a big trench around the, the, the structure. And then the inspector's like, oh no, you gotta go eight inches under. Well, my excavator friend is like, no, I can't get under there with the excavator. And so what do I do? I call 10 of my closest young adult friends at the church. And I say, hey, 10 bucks an hour, come on. And I'll I'll feed everybody pizza afterwards. And so we all get out there and we jump down into this 42 inch deep trench around this 24 by 24 garage. And we start digging. And within three hours, we had dug out eight inches underneath and all the way down and hauled all that dirt out of there. And guess what? I could have never done it by myself. And guess what? We had a good time. We had a blast laughing, sweating, being dirty, playing in the mud, bunch of dudes. It was awesome, right? When you dig a ditch alone, that's purgatory. When you dig the ditch with friends, it's a party, right? It's a party. It's a party. Not every function and part of your relationship with Jesus and following Christ is going to be easy. There's going to be really tough times sometimes. Surprise, surprise. Jesus went to a cross, and he calls us to carry our own cross. You cannot do it without others. So you got to value the relationships in your life and then do the work. Value the results. The last thing today, we'll close up with this. We've got to embody the values. We've got to embody the values. It's the last letter of the word serve. We've got to embody the values. Colossians 3.10 says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Put on your new nature. I've got to embody different values than I had before. I'm going to be renewed as I learn to know Jesus and become like him. How cool is that? And so what does it mean to serve? I'm not going to embody my own values. I'm not going to be on my own mission. It's not going to be about me. 
I'm gonna embody the values that Jesus is passing on to me. Let's go back to our grow acrostic. I'm gonna know the values. That's the G, I'm gonna gain knowledge. I'm gonna know the values. The R, I'm gonna internalize the values. I'm gonna restate it in my own words. I'm gonna get it in my heart. It's not just gonna be what Pastor Joe says. It's gonna be, this is what I say. You know, some of you, you're out and you're like, well, Pastor Joe said this, and that's awesome, man. I, I, I'm, I'm humbled and honored when you repeat something I say. But I want you to get into your heart to where you say, I've always said this, right? Because I don't own anything I say, and it's God's word, and, and so no, it's, man, we're internalizing. And then the O, we're ordering our life. We're putting the values on the calendar. What are the values? We're gonna love God. We're gonna love people. We're gonna lead the way. We're putting it on the calendar. And then the W, we're gonna live the values. We're gonna walk it out. We're gonna live the values. Let me share with you just, you know, those, those core values here at Mosaic. We love God, we love people, and we lead the way. Love God and love people, it comes from the great commission that we're gonna love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength, everything. We're not holding anything back. We're gonna love our neighbor as ourself. We're gonna do for them what we wish somebody would do for us. We're gonna love people. We're gonna lead the way, which is based on the Great Commission. We're gonna go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations, teaching them everything that he's taught us. This is what we do. We're gonna embody the values. And so as you go into the new year, you need some love God goals. You know, how are you gonna step it up in your devotional life, in your prayer life, in your giving life, in your, in your just how you're loving God with every area of your life, with your time and your talent and your treasures? How are you gonna step it up this year? You need some love people goals that, man, you're gonna maybe get in a life group, which we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that more next week, and we're gonna talk about our groups for this next semester. You need some family goals. That, how are you going to love your family better this year? How are you going to love your spouse or your kids or the, the, the close relationships in your life? How are you going to love people that can't do anything for you? That are far from God, no strings attached. You're just going to love them. And when you love people, you serve people. Some of you, it's time to engage and start serving in the body of Christ and, and doing something for the kingdom to be available for opportunities that come your way. Some of you need some leadership goals, some lead the way goals. Listen, you can't give what you don't have. So maybe you, you become a person this year that always has something to give because each and every day you're allowing Christ to pour into you in your quiet time. Always have something to give, always ready to share the hope that you have because you can't give what you don't have. Maybe your leadership goal is that you're gonna lead yourself better. You're gonna lead yourself better because, man, any leadership that you provide for somebody else starts with you leading, being a really good leader of yourself. You're gonna bloom where you're planted. Whatever God has put in your hand, you're gonna be faithful to that opportunity. You're gonna lead the way by being a really good steward of what God has given you. And you're gonna remember that it's a daily personal pursuit, not a destination and not a title. I can grow. The question is, will I? 
This is the question each and every one of us has to answer as we move into this year. Will I? Will I grow? Will I take advantage of this miracle that God has blessed me with, that I can be a different person in the future than I was in the past? Amen? Amen. Man, I hope I've given you some practical tools and some handles to, to, to get, get um, scrappy in your thoughts and your planning and in your journaling and your reading a scripture this year. Let's not let this just be another year. Let's personally choose to serve and to grow like we never had before. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. We look forward to having you back next week.